All right, what's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge, the best local option around. Whether you're chilling at the pool, hanging out outdoors, camping, whatever it is, make sure you're doing it with an ice-cold Breck brew in your hand. I'm up in Vales, and I've been sitting creekside, drinking all kinds of mountain beaches, just feeling lovely. That is, of course, until the news that came out this afternoon kind of put a damper on the whole vacation mode there. But man, we've got a ton to talk about on this emergency podcast. In a little bit, I'm going to play the audio from Kevin Lytle. Big thanks to him. He's got, you know, with this report, it obviously just blew up immediately. One of the bigger CSU reports probably in the last, you know, two years, probably since the Eustacey stuff. And just to to see how this exploded was crazy. So I knew that he was going to, you know, have a million radio requests. I'm sure his phone is just red hot, you know, has been for the last couple hours. So I really appreciate him hopping on. It was fun to go back and forth with him. Obviously, just, you know, kind of get his perspective, talk about the reporting. He explained, you know, why they're extremely confident in the validity of the reporting. And, you know, before we get to the interview with him, I just, I kind of wanted to, to talk about that a little bit because this is going to be one of those interesting situations where you're going to see two sides come out and they're they're obviously going to be very deferring from each other. You're going to have the people which were quoted in the report you know, 10 people, players, staff that are that are claiming basically that CSU is not going far. There's obviously also quite a few examples of CSU football players that are coming out and and saying that this is is not true, you know, the, that CSU is taking the proper steps, that they are doing everything for the players. And I just want to make it clear that it, it's probably not a black and white situation. You know, when you're in a locker room like a, like a football team, 100 plus people, you're not going to come to a consensus consensus agreement on just about anything, especially something like a pandemic and you know whether people are taking the proper precautions or not. So just just keep that in mind. I'm not saying that you know the report is incorrect, and I'm not saying that the players that are saying the report man, that was a tongue twister. And I'm not saying that the report that the players refuting that report are wrong either. They're not. That's their opinion, and they're entitled to it. My big takeaway from this whole thing is that if if there are people that feel that CSU is not doing enough, that should be enough to want to spark change. Everyone in that locker room, everyone participating, needs to feel like they are safe. You know, these are amateur athletes. These aren't these aren't pros, and they aren't in a bubble. They're just you know, I want college football as much as everyone, but, you know, just because there are a lot of players that are coming out and disputing it, which is good, you know, I think that's probably a sign that maybe maybe the, the issue's not as widespread as as initially into, as we initially thought, but it still matters. And, and the, the whole, you know, you need to put your name behind it. Look, the reason that people are anonymous in reports is because they can't speak out against the powers that be without retribution. Again, I'm not saying that the players that are that are refuting the report are wrong either. That is their opinion and they are entitled to it. It's it's just in a pandemic, we have to we have to value everybody's opinion and we got to be willing to you know really criticize 
And and that's kind of what happened in this situation. You know, there, there are people that were willing to speak out against CSU athletics. Obviously, they did it anonymously. But hopefully, you know, this is a situation where we can where we can spark change. I am encouraged by the fact that there are, you know, people coming out and refuting it because to me that shows that maybe maybe the the amount of people that that feel like CSU is doing the wrong thing is in the minority and and that would be a good thing. You know, it would be more concerning if it was the entire team. But just because some players speak out doesn't mean that the report isn't valid, doesn't mean that the other players had an agenda. Maybe they did, that's possible. But, you know, that would just be speculation on my part, and that would be irresponsible. So, obviously, I had to record something on this podcast, and it's it's not going to be a situation where I just talk about it tonight and then never come back to it. This is definitely going to dominate the conversation over the next couple of days. But before I ramble on for too long, I, I should get Kevin Lytle on here and just, you know, let him talk about it. Let him talk about what the last week was like. Let you guys form your own opinions in terms of that. And I'll, you know, I'll say a little bit more after that interview. So here is my main man, Kevin Lytle. Thank you again to Kevin for agreeing to come on on such short notice. But, you know, CSU, in in the report, it obviously states that that you guys have had 10 people reach out to the Colorado Inn. And the reason that I bring this up first is, you know, there are obviously some players that have, have come out and disputed the report, which is always going to happen. You know, the same thing happened with my Stacy report a couple of years ago. And and I just wanted to kind of ask, you know, how, what was the tone like with these types of conversations? You know, how many did you take part in? Was it mostly Miles? You know, what has the last week kind of looked like for you guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, obviously we've seen the, the same of some some players, you know, basically disputing saying, you know, everything feels safe. Uh, we haven't seen any of that. And that's, and that's understandable. Obviously, when you have a team of, you know, 80 plus people, you're going to have differing news. Um, but obviously, the flip side is people that don't feel safe aren't going to be very publicly shouting it because of uh, some of the fears in the article. And, and that's just normal. I mean, uh, players don't tend to uh, dispute their coaches publicly for for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I mean the process has been. Uh, we both Miles and I kind of had some folks reach out to us with some concerns, um, and that kind of led to some conversations um, with a variety of different people in different roles. Um, and, and everything that you see printed is you know, from those those folks voicing concerns um, about a variety of different things, and include in that is some current players. I saw some people on Twitter saying, "Well, you should talk to some current players." Well. We did. They're in there. Um, they they asked to not be named because of again, you know, fear of retribution. Whether that's playing time, you know, that obviously retribution can be a lot of different things. Uh, but and again, that's you know, sometimes that's you know, we we try and avoid unnamed sources because um, it does lead to to people wondering. But you know, a situation like this, if people are feeling unsafe, that's kind of the only way they can they can talk publicly, and and so that was sort of the process of, of uh, you know, like I say, a, a widespread of, of people come to us with some, some various concerns about what's going on and obviously a very uncertain, hard time for everyone. I think the quote that really stood out to me the most was, you know, there are some red flags in the athletic department, but the common denominator with this administration is to protect the coaches before the student athletes 
And that makes them feel more like cattle than student athletes. So for like, for anybody that's wondering, you know, why, why would they not put their names behind it? You know, that quote to me is kind of, you know, the perfect example because it's in, in the opinion of this student athlete, CSU is continually and continually again, looked out for its, you know, its interest in the coaches and, and the money that they're making more than the, the health and just general wellness of, of student athletes. Yeah, and this really, in a lot of ways, is a college athletics problem, not necessarily just a CSU problem. I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about various examples of similar types of things where um, a coach is protected. And a lot of that, like you says, financial, because there's a lot of money invested in coaches, especially college football coaches make a lot of money. And then further down the line, a lot of money invested in you know the, the athletic program as a whole. and Money, you know, often wrongly is kind of the design factor in a lot of things. I mean, that's, I wrote a column with that kind of went with this piece of, is it morally, you know, safe to even be considering a college sports season right now? Or is it just a money grab? And, you know, obviously you and I and every sports writer want a college football season, uh, but it needs to be done safe. And right now, if you look at what's happening around the country, it's hard to look at college football and say, are they playing because they think it's okay and safe or are they playing because they want to make money? Kind of based off of that, given what Joe Parker told the media, like what, like six hours ago this morning, eight hours ago this morning, then talking about how they were pleased with the, you know, with the COVID practices. Was that surprising to you? I uh, know. I think that's sort of the standard, standard affair. Uh, um, especially, um, you know, when a story like this is coming, you're going to talk about how athletes, the students come first. And of course, every university ever has said students come first. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing the best possible practices. And CSU's defense, this is very difficult. Obviously, there is no playbook on how exactly you try and play sports in a pandemic, especially in a situation like a college setting. You obviously can't do a bubble like some of the pro sports have done. It's, uh, much more difficult because of that. So it is very new for everyone. And, and I certainly think CSU is learning as they go along. Um, you know, I would hope and think that some of these things they've heard, even though, yeah, publicly CSU is going to dispute some of this. I would, I would hope inwardly they'll be looking at, um, you know, what's going on, why, why a significant number of people felt this way. Obviously, you know, none of us really know, exactly what's going to happen with the, with the fate of the college football season right now, given, you know, the situation at CSU, some of the other things it's, it, it's definitely not looking good, but where, where do you expect CSU athletics to go from here? Do you expect, you know, any type of changes to result from this as far as, you know, potentially staff changes or maybe even up higher or, you know, just where, what, what do you think is going to happen after this? Yeah, that's a good question. I've had several people ask that. Frankly, I don't know. I, I don't know how CSU is going to respond to this. I my hunch would be they'll do a little bit of an internal review, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, to see again why a significant number of people are saying, uh, you know, what they said to us. But beyond that, it's hard to guess um, what's going to happen. And and I think it would probably be unfair for me to speculate at all as to what what could or will happen. Um, but it will be in- interesting to see what what kind of the next steps are. Definitely. I, I guess I'm a, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but 
I am, I was slightly surprised about how many people seem to like be going at you guys right away being like, this report isn't true. See, two players disagreed with it. I guess that's just like the climate, you know, you never want to believe anything bad happens in your own backyard. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that, you know, there's, you know, obviously people love the fake news movement and shouting that, um, obviously we were very diligent in our reporting, feel very comfortable in, in our sources and, and what they said. And, um, and obviously you can see the concerns there. Those, you know, those quotes aren't from us. It's, it's people within the program voicing concerns, um, and yeah, like I say, I do totally get that not every player in the program feels that way. Again, we have that many people. Some are going to say it's totally fine. It's totally safe. Coaches are doing great. And, and that's part of it. But especially in, in my opinion, in a, you know, pandemic situation, uh, your, your most vulnerable feeling people are the ones that need to be looked out for. And, and obviously they were voicing those concerns. In a sense, I almost feel like this is kind of an example, a great example of why it would be so hard to have college football in the first place. It's just the the difference in, in how we fear this virus. You know, some people think it's a huge deal and, you know, every day we need to be social distancing, mask up, and other people are like, eh, you know, like I've been around them. It's it's whatever. Yep. I totally agree. I mean, it's become such a, and of course, you know, it's so new that obviously the science is always shifting and changing as we learn more. So that leads to a lot of confusion. And then, yeah, you throw in different view, differing viewpoints on, you know, the danger of it. And then you throw in the just other complicating factors of what the heck happens in a couple of weeks when 25,000 plus students get on campus at CSU and they're all going to class together. Um, obviously, like that's the opposite of a bubble. I don't know what the opposite of a bubble is, but that's what it will be. And you're so right. And, and, you you reference or I believe it was in Miles' article actually that referenced the the party on in, around the Fourth of July that a bunch of student athletes went to. I've not that it you guys need my stamp of approval or anything. Like I've heard similar things for anybody out there that that is listening. That right that right then and there should have been the the red alert. Like hey, we're not going to be able to control these people. We can't expect them to just you know go to their apartments all the time. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, again, it's college kids, it's kids aged, you know, 18 to 23, roughly um, like it or not. Some of that's going to happen, especially you're talking a football team. So once you add walk-ons, everything you're over a hundred players. Um, so I think that of a hundred players, they're all going to just, you know, stay at home and everything. And even not even necessarily do anything wrong. A lot of them live together and are in close quarters together. So if one player gets sick, it will be very easy to spread it to others just because, because of the college lifestyle. I mean, you know, like you say, who, who didn't have several roommates or, you know, people that you saw a lot, whether it was in class or whatever. So um, it's just very, very tough. And that's one of the reasons I'm just very skeptical about college football season. Again, if it can be done safely, I, I really want it to happen, obviously, but it's just hard to see right now. It's, it's pretty tough. It's, and it's disappointing. It's, sad for all of us right now to, to think about that big picture. Obviously, this, this just happened, so you, you're probably still formulating your own opinions. But briefly, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, on spring football with high school this year. Do you think that's the right move? Do you think it's a, something that they could maybe pursue at the college level? Yeah. So from the high school side, um, yeah, I think it is the right move. The, the schedule is going to look really weird. It's going to be way different. But 
kind of for the same reasons. I don't see any way you could have a high school football season um, here in Fort Collins, the Poudre School District. Multiple teams had positive tests when they were just doing their summer workouts, which are basically just conditioning. It's not even like true football. Um, so if you're doing that while kids are working out outside, just running and stuff, how are you going to keep kids healthy when they're in school? And obviously a football team again, has a ton of players. So I think moving a spring gives the best bet for that season to happen. Obviously it does open up a lot of different, um, questions and concerns. Again, we could talk about all day and for the same reason, I think college football very well may end up looking at that because, Again, just financially, the hit that would take for all the colleges to not have any season at all would be massive. Um, again, there are a million hurdles to having a college football season in the spring, but I think they would at least address it if, if it looks like um, doing it in the fall is untenable. Definitely. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for doing this. You know, so quickly, I the I got you. I hit you up, and you know, within a half hour, you were already on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a million people hitting you up after this whole report. I just wanted to say, really respect everything that you guys do. You know, I know that there are obviously going to be people that that disagree with your report, and that's just the nature of the business. But you guys kick ass and keep on keeping on. Thanks, Justin. All right. One more big thanks to Kevin Lytle for hopping on this podcast with such short notice. There are a ton of people that were hitting him up and for him to make us a priority means a lot. He's he's one of my good friends in this business. Got a lot of respect for everything that he does. I'm going to give my final thoughts on this situation in just a second. But first, the long wait is finally over. Golf's first major of the year is this weekend. The golfers are heading to San Francisco to tee off and compete for the crown, and there's no better way to join the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate golf's first major of the year, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds and promotions all weekend long. All new users also can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Man, kick ass. Every day of the tournament, DraftKings Sportsbook is boosting your profits by 30%. All you have to do is opt in and place a bet. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, day-by-day live action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. Man, is that a lot of fun. As football season is clear in our sights, DraftKings Sportsbook has also rolled out a season-long football pick'em pool with $2 million in prizes up for grabs. Make your picks and watch the games unfold. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, which means you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right, a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. You just got to use that code DNVR when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Cool, 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 cool. We're going to wrap up this podcast here. We covered the basics of what were in that report. I'm just going to leave you with some final thoughts here on this situation as a whole. I've already talked about it a little bit, but just... Don't don't necessarily come to a, a conclusion right then and there, you know, right now. There's a, there's a lot that's going to come out in the next couple of days. And, you know, that's really how you should 
form your opinion. You know, I, I really trust the reporting from the guys at the Colorado and I've said it a lot. I trust Kevin. I trust miles. These are guys that, that go about their business the right way. They also go out of their way, you know, to tell positive stories. These aren't guys that, you know, are, are muckrakers or whatever, you know, they're not up here just stirring up shit just to stir it up. These are guys that really, really respect the practice of journalism and they go about it the right way. I, I just want to say that because I, I know there are a lot of people that are going to come after them and I just have a lot of, I have a lot of respect for Kevin. So I, I want to make that really clear. Now that I've said that, the, the most important thing for me in this entire situation is that student athletes need to feel like they are valued. There have been a lot of scandals within CSU athletics over the last couple of years and a lot of not so good looks. It's it's been better over the last couple of years, it seems like, at least from a headline perspective. You know, you, you hear things like that go on behind closed doors, but it hasn't necessarily been, you know, a, a Eustacey situation or something like that. But we need to take this situation seriously. We gotta look into this. You know, CSU, I'm sure they're gonna do some type of internal investigation. And and if it turns out that that staff members are you know, encouraging players to to not report symptoms or if they're lying about contract contact tracing or any of that, then there probably need to be serious changes. Whether that's, you know, the coaching staff or on higher up, you know, the athletic director, whatever it may be, if it is a situation where they are lying just because they're trying to keep forcing because we all know how much money is at play with college athletics, that's wrong. That's blatantly wrong. I don't know if that's the case yet. I do trust the reporting from the Colorado and I trust Kevin. I trust Miles. But I also, you know, think it's significant that all of these players have come out and refuted it. So what is that? What where does that leave me? Where do I stand? Well, it means I'm gonna have to, you know, keep my eyes and ears open. It means I'm gonna have to keep paying attention to this situation and see how it unfolds. I wanna hear from Steve Adazio. I wanna hear from Chuck Heater. I wanna hear from Joe Parker again after this. You know, I wanna I wanna be able to ask questions myself and I wanna be able to you know, gather more information before I, you know, sit here and campaign for somebody to get fired or something like that, or, or say that there's some player with an agenda trying to get the coaches fired. That, that could be a situation, you know, Sean Keeler of the Denver post said that he had a player reach out to him saying basically that the players that spoke out were players with agendas. That may be the case. It might be, we don't know yet. We just don't know yet. And we're going to have to let it all unfold over the next couple of days it's not a good look. It's it's not an it's not going to be an easy situation. I can guarantee you that everyone involved with CSU athletics is going to have some sleepless nights, but you know, we'll get to the bottom of this one way or the other. And, you know, when we do, we'll be able to form our own opinions. So, thank you to Kevin for coming on. That's that's where I'm at right now. I'm sure I'll have more to say on it tomorrow to be honest. I'm still kind of digesting this. Like I said, I was literally on vacation putting on a swimsuit about to head to the hot tub when this dropped had to change, obviously go back and, and start recording again. And that's the business. That's what it is. We'll see how this all plays out. I, I really hope, I really, really hope that people within CSU athletics wouldn't do some of the, the damning things that, that were in this report, but you just, you never know. You just never know within college athletics. It's a lot of shady stuff can happen. So going to be an interesting week going to be plenty to talk about if, if you're not a regular listener to this to the podcast now is a great time to subscribe make sure you check out all the written content as well shout out to everybody that subscribes you make the dream work much love stay safe peace